Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today. I'm super excited about my next guest. She is a very close and dear friend to me, and she's worked with me throughout the years. We met um, on a show that she was in. It was actually um, a play called It's Just Sex, where she played this incredibly vibrant character, but you know her from Days of Thunder. You know her from so many other movies. And you know her from being also married to a very, very well-known uh, director who is now um, passed passed away, and we'll talk about that further. Let's welcome my beautiful, awesome friend Donna Scott. Hi, well, hello there, Miss Sherry Shaw. I'm so, so happy here. you're here. Thank you. I'm Me happy too, you're here so. on a lot of levels because I love you so much. One, two, because you have such great stories to tell. <laughs> Three, I want to hear about how you've transitioned your life into producing now and all the great things that you're doing. So let's just oh, scratch it back okay. and let's let's talk. Where do we start? Let's see. Um, a, I love you. Thank you so much for uh, having me here. I'm super excited. And um, we do have a lot of fun together. <laughs> we do. <laughs> <laughs> In a lot of ways. Um, so I don't know where you want to start. Do you want to start with... Um, my life as an actress, or... Let's start with your life as an actress, and parlaying it into Days of Thunder, meeting Tony, how your life changed, how it has changed again now, how it's grown, and the badass woman that you are. Oh my God. How'd you meet, how'd you get onto Days of Thunder? What was your life? <clears throat> okay. Um, I auditioned, mm -hmm. just like anyone would. Originally, I auditioned for the part that Nicole Kidman Played. How dare she? I know, right? I mean, I can't believe I didn't get it. But anyway, <laughs> um, and the casting director, David Rubin, remembered me from that audition, which was the blessing of my life because then I came in and auditioned for the role of Darlene, the pit lizard, mm. for Days of Thunder. Mm. And I auditioned for Tony, who then sent me straight down to Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer's office, and I auditioned for them. And... Um, it, that was a lot of fun, and Don Simpson was like, wait a minute, you're from Charlotte, North Carolina? I'm like, yeah, and he goes, that's the most boring city I've ever been to, and I said, well, you just don't know who to, who to, who to uh, hang out with. Yeah, to run around with. I said, I've got a girlfriend that'll turn you inside out in 30 seconds flat, and he was like, really? And I'm like, yeah. So uh, I don't know if that helped me get the part, but boom, I got a job, and I left on December 11th, 1989. Uh, from here to go back to my hometown to make this huge Hollywood movie, I had was no that the first idea. big job that you that you got. Mm. That was my first big movie. I had done movies in North Carolina before I moved to New York because I went from North Carolina to New York in 1985. I lived there for three years and studied acting with uh, William Hickey mm -hmm. at HB Studios and modeled. And then I moved out here to Los Angeles in 19. May of 1988, mm. I think, and then I got Days of Thunder right in away. 1989. Ah. Yeah, so it was super, super, super fast. Yeah, yeah, super lucky. So how was super that blessed. experience? To go home to my hometown yeah. to make a big-ass movie, yeah. it was super cool. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> it was really good. And it's very interesting because I grew up around NASCAR, and I was Miss Melly Yellow 500, <laughs> 
back when Dale Earnhardt won that race for the first time ever. And uh, I dated a rookie of the year race car driver when I was 17, he was 27. So it was really interesting it all, the that pieces it came all back. just came together like that. I mean, I love life and life does that for me often. Yes. So super exciting. Then um, I worked with, uh, God, the cast. I mean, first of all, Tony was amazing as a director. He was always my favorite person to work with personally. He's the best. And um, Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer, fantastic. They do everything. They did everything over the top, the best, the best of everything. And then, um, you know, Duvall and Tom Cruise and the whole cast, John Riley. That was John C. Riley. I think that's John C. Riley's first film. What a brilliant actor. Yeah. And he what wasn't even originally supposed to play that role. But I don't, I won't, I won't Segway divulge into that and, yeah. unless you want to hear more about it. Well, maybe. maybe. Okay. But so when you met Tony, was it on that set? Is that where you first met? Did you know him before? No, I did not know him before. And um, it was really funny because we had, we shot in Charlotte and then we went from Charlotte to Darlington, South Carolina. So I asked my mom to come down and stay with me in Darlington in this little motel we were in. So she came down and then Tony set, put together a big dinner, like 15 of us going out to eat. My mom and dad were divorced. So when we go to dinner, I'm like, mom, you know, I think that you and the director, Tony, could like really, I mean, you should like, he's cute. I think that you should go for it. And she's like, because they were the same age. Well, he was one year younger than my mom. Wow. Um, I'm like, you should really like, he's cute. I think you should go for it. And she said, Donna, um, honey, he's not interested in me. He's interested in you. And I'm like, no, no way. <laughs> so, yeah, cut two. He was interested in me, and so and you were interested um, in I was. I, I developed an interest once I realized that there was one there from him, but we didn't start going out until we were shooting in Daytona, Florida. Um, we actually started like seriously dating that Easter weekend of 1990, mm. and then we. We were together ever since. Ever since. Mm -hmm. On a world it was a wind crazy, of an incredible ride with an crazy, incredible person. Yeah, yeah, crazy ride. Crazy. We had a lot of fun. Yep. He, um, <clears throat> on, <clears throat> excuse me, on Days of Thunder, he and Tom Cruise skydived into the middle of the track in Daytona, Florida on the 100th day of shooting. What? Yeah, they jumped jumped out of an airplane and Tom was disguised and Tony didn't realize he was jumping with Tom he just thought he was jumping as a dare and so that day everybody was on set like what the heck is going on why are we not shooting why are we not shooting everybody's just standing around with their you know and then boom you see these two you see this plane come over and these two parachutes so Tony told me that he wouldn't date me when we got back to Los Angeles if I didn't jump out of an airplane. Oh. And so I went. Which, for those of you who didn't know Tony, he was an avid, like, adrenaline, junkie. adrenaline junkie. Yes. Yeah. Which I am too. So, perfect match. Perfect match. Um, so, I did. I went with one of the stuntmen. He came and got me, Tom. And really? I that went, day? Oh, um, after that day. That, it was, it was, it was during, it was not a week, not a week past. Wow. I went. And I jumped out of an airplane. 
I think I was still drunk the night before, but I got sober really fast. <laughs> of all the things that I would love to do, I would never be able to do that. It was, so. uh, yeah, and then I turned around and went to North Carolina. They wrapped me off the movie. I went to North Carolina and jumped again there three days later. Incredible. And how long were you with him before you got married? Tony and I got married November 24th, 1994. Mm. So five years. Oh, that's nice. Mm -hmm. And they have these two beautiful twins, which I can relate to because I'm a twin. Mm -hmm. um, and they're so amazing. Thank adrenaline you. Adrenaline junkies, too. Thank you. You were all oh adrenaline my God. junkies. Yes. <laughs> it's incredible. Mm -hmm. So how did your life change um, career-wise? Did you feel... Because you married someone, you know, who was so busy in his directorial world, did you sort of put your career on the side to take care and nurture? I did. And it was a conscious decision, and it was a conscious conversation that Tony and I had, especially once we had the boys, because we, we, wanted, to make, I wanted, we wanted to make sure that they were raised by their parents. Mm -hmm. And so Tony and I had a conversation. He said, I'm going to go out and be the benefactor, and I want you to, you know stay home and keep everybody together and that's what that's what we did mm -hmm. i was the at-home rock you know the stability and so a rock he you could were. go out yes. oh thank you, you and um still are uh, thank you thank you and so yeah that was a conscious decision i i didn't work uh i didn't work as much as i would have liked to but it would not have allowed me to be the wife and the mother that that I've been right if I was off working and those yeah. boys your boys rely and have relied on you for everything right. you are the rock of love right. yeah you Thank guys don't know you. Donna but she is full <laughs> of love she is a very dedicated uh, friend so and especially a parent and uh, was you. an incredible you know wife too supporting yeah I think I, yeah I think Tony knows <laughs> we we did really well yeah. we had a great time together for sure. We feel he Tony right now in this room. We do feel that energy, and he has made appearances in your life. Oh, a lot. Which, let's talk about one of them, because having the shock of losing someone that you love so much is a life-changing experience, which did not slow you down, which no. you felt it completely, embraced it fully, let it all out, took care of your kids, and now you're transitioning into the second part of your lifetime, mm. which is pretty amazing but I just want to go back because you have told me stories about feeling Tony and then seeing him and if anyone listens that have had lost a loved one that believes in all this because I certainly do because I've seen apparitions before but tell us tell us the first time he came to visit you after he passed oh gosh it's been it's been six years so if I think Tony comes to visit me often and actually it's so often that I just feel like he's with me he is with me every day. Mm. Um, I don't know which one. You, which one did I tell well, you about? You said about when the kids something in their bedroom, something happened. Somebody was telling them a story or something, and then the other story in the in the bigger living room area where the pillow fell off the couch. Oh, he's done all kinds of things. Um, he's turned music on in my bedroom. He's turned the lights on. He's um he's told me to get up <laughs> like this place. If there's been times where I was supposed to do things for Max and Frank, oh, I remember I was taking the them mind to Coachella. Just got a juicy one. Okay. Oh, yeah, I was taking the boys to Coachella for the first time. I was super tired, and so I wanted to wait until the traffic died down. 
So I thought, okay, I'm going to take a nap before I drive down to Palm Springs area. So I laid down to take a nap. And then, um, at the t- and then t- basically Tony just woke me up. He turned the music on in my room, turned the lights on in my room, like get up and my whole body really? was just like... Sh- um, so the lights were goose, out, the music bumped. was off and all of a sudden... I was just- asleep in the dark in my room and he turned the lights on, he turned the music on in my room and then the, then the energy of uh, when spirits around you, the goosebumps and all the hair that stands I up. have that right now. Uh-huh. Um, uh, so that's he was like get up you're taking the boys to Coachella get up get your ass moving let's go let's go so he does things like that to me all the time I um, I went last March I was in New York and I was sitting in Central Park it was in the evening and um, and I looked down and I saw a feather and I've been told oftentimes that when you see a feather it could mean that a loved one is with you. Mm-hmm. They just want to let you know, that. Yeah. you know, an angel loved one, whatever. So I picked up the feather and I put it in my coat pocket and then went to my hotel room. I was there for an, an event and I was coming home the next day. And when I was going to bed, I got a phone call from my son, Frank. And he was screaming his brother's name, Max, Max, Max. It was really it was scary. And I thought Max was dead. And um, sure enough, they Max had been in a really bad car accident. And they were shooting a film about street racing. And um, so um, Max's friend was driving his car, which I had told Max, don't let your friend drive your car and don't shoot on Laurel Canyon. So the two things I specifically said don't do is exactly what they did, and they hydroplaned, and uh, Max's friend, and he, they hit a power pole. And Frankie was following and shooting with a GoPro on top of his car, so he got all of the footage mm. from the accident. And um, uh, the car was so mutilated that only by the grace of God and Tony and I think my dad, like every angel, Max just pulled himself out of the car and not a scratch on him. It's and amazing. It was unbelievable. And so that feather a, represented. So I think the feather was Tony saying, like, oh, I got it now. It was, I it have it Tony, now, too. Yeah, I'm freezing. Was Tony saying, um, you know, that he was letting me know that he was there yeah. with Max. So yeah. I have that often. I have things yeah. like that happen often. Like, yeah. I know that I know that we're really... Um, protected and looked after yeah you know and I know that um, there's I've spoken to Tony through mediums and um, he's communicated with me you know he's so sorry and he didn't mean to he didn't mean to fall off the bridge he climbed it I mean I have an understanding with what happened and how it happened and um, and I have made my peace with it it's been it's been challenging because with the loss of Tony there were a lot of things that happened, uh, lawsuits and, and uh, really difficult challenges mm-hmm. that I had to navigate and fights I had to fight battles to mm-hmm. protect me and my kids. And it's, like I said, it's been six years now. And what's really interesting that I want people to know, in suffering a loss like this, it takes a long time to recover. I was high functioning mm-hmm. um, as a parent. I was high functioning in navigating everything that I, all the challenges that were put before me. But I didn't get back to 100% me 
and and I got back to the me that was the the Donna that Tony met, not the Donna that was married to Tony. Like even before, I finally got back to me in an instant last October when I was on the Amazon River. What and happened? I just I was just sitting there having a glass of wine, first night on the river on the top of this beautiful riverboat by myself. And it was just it was just an instant like energy that shot through me and I went, oh shit, I'm back. Mm. And it was just, it was uh, So the circle back. of full acceptance and having your peace with Tony and just having closure, did that bring you back? I don't, I There's don't, no closure. I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know just what happened a, mm-hmm. that I had, yeah, it was, it's like, boom. Mm-hmm. And I was like, boom, I'm back. Mm-hmm. Um, it was almost like a part of me maybe was still outside of my body mm-hmm. and something happened that created so the space for everything. And I've just known you. Back. I've known you through all these six yeah. years. And you have been just a pillar of strength. Mm-hmm. Not that you didn't cry, and not that you didn't mourn it, and not that you didn't fall apart a little bit, which is normal and mm-hmm. acceptable, but you rose up. And that's what everyone in my life's all about, no matter what kind of adversity comes your way. And you're sparkling more than you ever have. Oh, thank you. And I'm really excited for what's next, which we're going to talk about shortly. But can you tell, I mean, you don't have to, but, you know, people have know Tony, love Tony, respected Tony, but no one knows. They only listen to what the reports say on that particular day. Can we talk about that, the truth of that day? Or... Um. Well, I mean, I can tell you. Was there I can tell a letter you my like truth? Yes. No, 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 no. There was, so, I mean, they say there was a letter. They say there was no. these things. No, there was a note in his. He had driven his Prius. Tony went to the um, the bridge, the Vincent, I think it's the Vincent Thomas Bridge, right? And uh, he was there legitimately to scout for a One Direction Pepsi commercial mm. that he was going to shoot. And he was supposed to take Max and Frank and their friends with him. I saw it on his on his schedule, on his bug slip. And for whatever reason, he just left because Max and Frank had their friends sleep over and they were all playing video games, go figure. And <laughs> so Tony just let them be and went down to the bridge. Now, as we established, we are a very adrenaline junkie family. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I, I, most people don't realize that um, Tony's passion was rock climbing. He started rock climbing when he was 13 years old. So Tony taught me how to rock climb, and my nephew, who's my age, Jake, and Max, and for our entire family, yes. all of Jake's kids, all of us rock climb. You know, but like the Alps, like the what, like we yeah, we do thousand like, foot, twelve hundred foot walls. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. serious shit, not just like cruising right. around on a boulder and inside of a gym. So, um, so the day that Tony went down to scout the bridge, <clears throat> let me just back up a little bit. What, and I hope everyone's really listening because <clears throat> you only hear the story that you hear in the tabloids. But what you're hearing now is really, this is actually the truth. Well, this, this is my truth. This is Donna um, Scott's truth. And Tony Scott's truth. And Tony Scott's um, truth. So, I'll just repeat what you say. What, <laughs> <laughs> so what most people don't know that I do feel plays a big part of everything that happened is that Tony... Uh, battled cancer all of 2011. Mm. We found out on Christmas Eve of 2011 that Tony had sarcoma, which mm. is a cancer that's very difficult to detect. And um, it moves through the bloodstream, and you don't know you have it until mm. it settles. And 
uh, a tumor develops very quickly, which is what happened with Tony, and he had a mm. tumor, tumor in his right hip, mm. pelvis. But nobody knew about this? No. 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 Um, so we navigated a whole year of very intense chemotherapy with no one knowing except for um, his brother knew, my niece Jordan knew, Obviously, the people that worked for Tony knew. My kids didn't know. Right. My family didn't know. And the world didn't no, know. The world didn't know that that we were we were having this private battle. And then, um, so he started his treatment down at MD Anderson in in Houston with a great Dr. Benjamin, and he created the he invented the cure for the Lyomar sarcoma. Oh. And there's there's so much more content that I have and knowledge that I have that I don't know if today is the right time to talk about, but I definitely, with anyone that has cancer, uh, feel strongly that you go to whoever created the cure and you stay with that person until you're cured because we, we moved around and I think that that was uh, challenging and uh, not necessarily the best way to go with Tony's treatment, but I won't digress there. Um, so I was you know, telling you that all of you, Every, all the events that led up to this all the events particular... that led, led up to August nineteenth of twenty twelve. Um, all of the chemotherapy that Tony went through in twenty eleven was intense. And when Doctor Benjamin in Houston, when we sat and spoke with him the day before we started Tony's very first round of chemotherapy, Doctor Benjamin said, "Listen." There's uh, one, of the, <clears throat> one of the drugs I'm gonna give you, doxorobicin. It attacks your, um, your, your brain, your neurology. And he said, I'm gonna give you another thing to protect it, but I just wanna let you know that it will probably take a year to two years before you don't have chemo brain. Mm. And this is something that's very important for people to know. And, and, mm. and most people going through chemotherapy their family and them, they, they don't have that explained to them. Mm. And also, there's nothing in place, I haven't found anything that's really effective in place yet, which I would like to do is put, put, a, put together a foundation to educate families and have the right aftercare from chemotherapy and chemo brain. But all of this played into Tony going and what does it mean by chemo brain that you're not thinking clearly you're hazy oh you're yeah you're just you're chemical you're so you're, imbalanced you're completely chemically imbalanced mm -hmm. um, like Tony would uh, like if he got emotional he wouldn't be able to reel the emotion back in until he had taken it as far as it could go mm. and, and sometimes that was like I was like whoa okay it was really Extreme. big yeah and then when he when he got it all out, it's like blowing a gasket. Then he'd feel really bad because he knew that. I he mean, went, so it was. Yeah. It, he, you lose the ability to have the control that we're used to having. Mm. Um, I I feel like that's what I witnessed. But um, so going to the day that Tony went down to the bridge and was legitimately scouting, he'd been through so much, and he was such an action man. And <clears throat> the surgery that. He, they took out his right pelvis and they rebuilt his mm, hip mm, with bovine mesh mm, and reconnected his the tendons and the ligaments and the nerves and everything. So Tony's um, 
physical recovery from that surgery was epic. Mm. So the fact that he could look at that bridge and go, I'm going to climb this bridge. Mm-hmm. I'm going to climb the fucking bridge. And that's what he did. And people, I do believe that it was an accident. No, no. He and you t- know I've talked to you about yeah, that before. Yeah. No, he totally told me through the medium. He said, listen, I'm so sorry. I never wanted this to happen to you and the boys. I never want you to have to go through everything you're having to go through right now because it has been really challenging. And um, I have encountered people that have um, just made my life even more difficult. But that's okay. Um, I prayed for grace. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I got it. Mm-hmm. So, and strength and grace and tenacity, which is the greatest lesson I learned from Tony. And that's why I have a tattoo on my wrist that says grace and tenacity, because mm-hmm. those are the two things that I got from Tony. Uh, I got tenacity. I learned that from him because he was the most tenacious person ever. And uh, grace is what I feel like I prayed for and got in losing him in his mm-hmm. passing. And I hold on to it every day. But back to him. So, so. Yeah, yes. he said. He so told the brain. Me. So he didn't control. He just. He was probably challenging himself to get well, up no, there. Well, no. Yeah, yeah. He was like, "I'm going to climb the bridge." And he told me. He said, "When I'm so sorry when I got up there because I literally blacked out and mm-hmm. I fell mm-hmm. because um, if he hadn't, like the height of that bridge, people jump that in you know, like 200 feet and they're fine." Mm-hmm. Often, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then the is this morbid if I talk about the autopsy report? And the no, autopsy people report. are going to be interested in hearing okay. this because nobody gets to hear things because yeah. they don't print things or they tell their idea of things. But well, I never, but I've never spoken about it except for with you, and my friends. But in the autopsy, um, it said there's a oh, lot right. of noise going on today, which is crazy. <laughs> this literally has never happened. So if this is his energy coming through, we accept it. Yeah. Um, But in the autopsy, it said that he had abrasions on his right hand, and then he had abrasions on the left side of his body. So I'm thinking, uh, you know, maybe when he blacked out and, you know, then he he started falling, that he tried to save himself by grabbing with his right hand, which would have slung his body in to the bridge and he had scrapes all down the left side and then I think he pitched off because he went into the water um, head first and so it really knocked him unconscious because of the way that he went in and he had like a contusion on his head and he had like two broken ribs but he 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 died from drowning because he was unconscious from hitting the water oh I did not know that mm mm-hmm I did not yeah. know that. That's that's how he passed. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So. Everybody yeah. here is going like this right now. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So it's been a it's been a journey. Um, what would you say to people that are going through? Because a lot of people have died, have committed suicide, have had cancer. What did you do for your soul? to raise you back up again. Because now you're on another path, because now you have your wholeness, you're going back into your acting full speed and you're producing a movie. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, My relationship with my spirituality Mm. and myself. And I actually um, proactively sought healing by a Reiki healer Mm. that really helped me Mm. I started seeing a Reiki healer three weeks after Tony passed away and I saw her every week sometimes twice a week 
because there was so much pain and so much anger and so much going on that I didn't want any of that to be able to manifest within my body and cause mm -hmm. me to have cancer. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to hold on to any anger towards anyone. Um, I certainly had enough reason mm -hmm. to be angry with a lot of people in some circumstances that were put on uh, my, my sons, <clears throat> Max and Frank and myself. Um, but I just, like I told you, I literally, from the minute I knew Tony was dead, like literally the minute that I was screaming on the floor, writhing and crying and freaking out, um, I immediately that night started praying for grace. Mm. And so that's what I think, um, just my, a lot of prayer. Yeah. A lot of prayer. And now it's time for you. And yeah. now it's time for Donna. So let's talk about, and thanks everyone for listening to this. And it's a really interesting, but sad. I hope but, it's not boring. But <laughs> there's nothing boring about yeah, hearing yeah. about, yeah. you know, your relationship and the great Tony Scott. Yeah. May he rest in peace. And I'm sure he's sorry he's not here to see you and your beautiful twins. Yes. So that yeah. is for sure. Now, well, so. here's what's exciting. Um, <clears throat> for the first time, I realized this the other day. For the first time since I was 24 years old, and I'm 53, mm -hmm. um, I get to make every decision, every minute of every day, solely for myself. Yeah. Pretty much, because Max and Frank are in college in New York. Right. And uh, Passing on the transition, yeah, though. They're, they're going to yeah, be filmmakers, they, which is a very exciting thing. They, they are going to be filmmakers, like their dad and their uncle and their cousins. And, yeah. you know, that's our family business. Yeah. Just like a shoe cobbler. I mean, that's our family business. But right. it is very exciting that I get to make every decision for myself. Yeah. Every day. And therefore, I have made the decision to produced my first movie which is very with exciting my dear friends David Anushka Stewart it's called Zombie Broadway Janice Ackerlin is going to be directing it have a whole so team exciting of, yeah so exciting team, team we have our we have our team together Jimmy Scotchtopole James Scotchtopole he won an academy award for as a producer on Birdman and uh, it's have, happening it's we, really happening we have a writer Kevin Arborette who's like kind of godfathered by um, Alex Dinalaris, who won mm. the Academy Award for writing Birdman. Mm. So it's, it's really, really real. And also, I moved office back into Tony's original offices over mm. Totem Productions. I re-engaged Totem Productions, which was Tony's company. And I started Twin Adrenaline, my oh. production company, to produce Zombie Broadway under, um, to build it for Max and Frank, hopefully, when they get oh, out of college. Oh, that's incredible. So that's where... And what about your acting? Uh, Are you back get, in? Are you I've back got, in? You got to get back in. I got to get headshots. I got to get headshots. I got to get See what people in. do? They go for the basic. Yeah. You got to get the pictures. You got to, you have to have a picture. So what would you say to actors or producers? What would you say? Maybe people are listening that want to produce. What would you say? What do they have to do? They have to find what? They have to find money people? They have to find... Well, you know, no, 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 no. What do you, you gotta, do? You find a project? Yeah, what, you gotta, what's you the, pro find, what's you the process? Find, for me, you have to find the project. I didn't really... You know, Dave, David Anushka introduced me to Zombie Broadway last, right before Christmas of last year, and they, they shared with me the sizzle reel mm. that uh, Jonas and uh, this great editor Seamus had put together. And for me, it, 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 it was so 
it inspired me and it hit me to the core and it made me so excited that I was like, this is something that I am willing to go out to knock on people's doors to ask for money to make this happen. Mm. So I think that's where it came from for me. So it has to come from a project that makes you feel passionate. Yeah, you have to feel but passionate. But then what do you do? Whose doors do you knock on? I mean, you have people that you know. What about new people that are producing? What do they do? Family? Uh, they got to put their big boy and their big girl panties on and go out there and knock on doors. You got to grow a set of balls. You got to go for it. I mean, it's the only thing you can do. Right. I mean, you, you just, that's what you have to do. You just have to ask for the funding that you need. Yeah. You, and the you people know, you to figure it out. You. Yeah. But, but you just have, I think you have to start with something that you're so passionate about and you're so driven about that you don't let obstacles get in your way. Mm. How do you rise up when those obstacles hit Donna Scott? How does Donna Scott rise up? Oh, law. Um. <laughs> oh, law. That's like a Southern thing. Uh, it is a Southern <laughs> thing. Um, how do you, you know? Exercise, know. eating healthy. Oh, okay. What do you do to mentally to rise me. up? Rise what do up. I do? I work out every day. Um, and keep your eye on what you want. Yeah, yeah, always keep the eye on the ball. Mm -hmm. so. But and it's really it's really easy to be knocked down. It's really easy to be distracted. It is for everybody um, and every yeah. every every business that they're in. You can always make an excuse for not getting something done. Mm -hmm. you, you know, but you just have to keep. If you want to do it, the only way to do it is do it. Only way That's to it. do it is do it. I love that. Go. Okay, what's the last, just an actor advice from your years of acting system act, to actors who are listening. What would you tell them to do? Same thing as producing, probably, but what would you tell them to do? Um, I found for me, because I, I told you earlier, um, that I've been, I've been acting since I was 12, so mm. that's a long time. I mm -hmm. mean, not, not consistently. I haven't, I haven't acted since, I did a play in 2012. 2013 after yes. Tony passed um, that was challenging but at least I, I was out there doing something that was good and I haven't had a chance to dive back into my acting but you know what Sherry and I think you know this too it's just practice 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 because I think the more that you do it and you can watch this in anyone's career that's out there the more that you do it the more comfortable you become with what you're doing and the less aware you are of your surroundings and um, you know what's going on around you to make a play or a film or a TV show happen, so that you can you can stay true to who you are, mm -hmm. in your in your creativity and your character and what you're doing. Um, so for me, and especially now with everything that I've been through, I am super excited to get back to acting because mm. I think I'm going to be so free and have so much. Fun I think so too. Because I don't have I don't have anything to prove. Right. So. You know, right. That's, so you're that's back. Really Donna is back. She's a whole. I hope. <laughs> you, you, you. Well, you seem it. You look it. You guys can't see her, but she looks gorgeous <laughs> and vivacious uh, and connected to herself, which is what acting's all about. Mm -hmm. So my heart to you. I love you so much. Thank you for sharing a little bit of your story. Let's come back like in six months and let's see where the movie's at. Let's see where your acting's at. Let's see where your boys are at. Let's see where your heart's at. Okay? I love it. I, I love, love it. it. Thank you so much. I love Yay. you so much. Love Bye. You. Bye. <laughs>